Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 18. It is Friday, December 6th. I am your host, Scott Gumbar, and this is the $5 million bonus round episode. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. All right, let's get into it on this Friday morning. Uh, a quick update on Cyrus One. You may remember we reported that yesterday. Uh, uh, an update on MSSP Alert says that the Cyrus One um, is affecting six MS the Cyrus One ransomware. So there is a ransomware attack on the Cyrus One data center. Um, they say it's limited to a certain number of clients. Not much more details than that. No idea of what it is or how it got in or why it's impacting anybody at all in a data center, but it is apparently p- impacting six MSPs at this time. In, and uh, it looks like it may be in the New York area, uh, but there's no other details on it at this moment. So stay tuned for more updates on that. Hopefully by Monday we have a, a, a little bit more of a clearer vision as to what's going on there. On bleepingcomputer.com, new Linux vulnerability lets attackers hijack VPN connections. Security researchers found a new vulnerability allowing potential attackers to hijack VPN connections on affected NIX devices and inject arbitrary data payloads into IPv4 and IPv6 TCP streams. They disclosed the security flaw tracked as CVE 2019-14899 to distros and the Linux kernel security team, as well as to others impacted such as Systemd, Google, Apple, OpenVPN, and WireGuard. The vulnerability is known to impact most Linux distributions and Unix, the operating systems, including FreeBSD, OpenBSD, macOS, iOS, and Android. So it's a pretty big chunk of uh, operating systems out there. A currently incomplete list of vulnerable operating systems and the INIT systems that came with it is available below with more to be added once they are tested and found to be affected so the list that's on this article ubuntu 19.10 fedora debian 10.2 arch 2019.05 monjaro 18.1.1 duvian mx linux 19 void linux slackware deepin freebsd openbsd and then of course they mention uh, mac os apple and um, android all VPN implementations are affected. The security flaw allows a network-adjacent attacker to determine if another user is connected to a VPN, the virtual IP address they have been assigned by the VPN server, and whether or not there is an active connection to a given website. According to William J. Tolley, Bo Kujoth, and J- Jedediah R. Crandall, breaking, breakpointing bad researchers at University of New Mexico. Additionally, we are able to determine that the exact second act numbers by counting encrypted packets and or examining their size. This allows us to inject data into the TCP stream and hijack connections, the researcher said. Attacks exploiting CVE 2019-14899 work against OpenVPN, WireGuard, and Ike v2 IPsec. But the researchers are still testing their feasibility against Tor. They also note that the VPN technology used does not seem to be of importance since the attacks worked during their test, even when the responses they got from targets were encrypted. Given that the size of the packets and the number of packets sent was enough to find the type of data attack packets that were being delivered through the encrypted VPN total. 
This attack did not work against any Linux distribution we tested until the release of Ubuntu 19.10, and we noticed that the RP underscore filter settings were set to loose mode. We see that the default settings in syscontrol.d slash 50 dash default dot config in the systemd repository were changed from strict to loose mode on November 28, 2018. So distributions using a version of systemd without modified configurations after this date are now vulnerable. Most Linux distributions we tested, which use other init systems, have the value as zero, the default for the Linux kernel. The researchers discovered that most of the Linux distros they tested were vulnerable to attacks exploiting this flaw. They also found that all distros that use systemd versions released after November 28, 2018, that come with the reverse path filtering switched from strict mode to loose mode are vulnerable. Given this, all Linux distributions using a systemd version with default configurations after this date are vulnerable. It's important to note that, though, that despite some distros with specific systemd versions being vulnerable, the flaw is known as uh, known to impact a variety of INIT systems. It is not only related to systemd as shown by the list of affected OSs available above. Furthermore, network security consultant Noel Kuhn said in a reply to the disclosure report that only route-based VPN implementations are impacted by this vulnerability. An alleged Amazon Web Services employee also stated that the Amazon Linux distro and AWS VPN products are not affected by attacks exploiting this flaw. Mitigation is possible, according to the researchers, and it can be potentially achieved by turning reverse path filtering on by using bogon filtering, filtering bogus fake IP addresses, or with the help of encrypted packet size and timing. And then it lists the steps on how to take care of that. So Linux vulnerability that lets attackers um, exploit VPN connections is out there. So if you're using VPN over Linux, you're going to want to address that. Um, new data security standards. This is on, uh, this is on Cyware. Um, but this is important if, if PCI DSS is important to you. New data security standards published for contactless payments. New data security standards for contactless payments were published by the PCI Security Standards Council. These standards enable the acceptance of contactless payments using a commercial off-the-shelf mobile device with near-field communication, NFC. So you may be familiar if you're using Apple Pay or Google Pay. The payment card industry security standard provides standards to boost global payment account data, data security. Understanding CPOC, the, so the PCI contactless payments on COTS standard and supporting validation program allows vendors to provide merchants with contactless acceptance solutions. These solutions have been specially designed and tested to secure payment data. With contactless payments as well as related cybercrime on the rise, these standards help merchants accept payments securely with no additional hardware. The standard outlines a few security requirements for vendors on protecting data, testing requirements, and ev evaluating solutions. The PCI CPOC standard is the second standard released by the council to address mobile contactless acceptance. Specifically, the PCI CPOC standard provides security and test requirements for solution that enables contactless payment acceptance on a merchant COTS device using an embedded NFC reader, said Emma Sutcliffe, PCI SSC standards officer. So here is the details. A standard CPOC solution includes the following. A CT COTS device with an embedded NFC interface to read payment card or device. Validated payment acceptance software application that runs on a merchant COTS device to initiate a contactless transaction 
and backend systems that are independent from the COTS device. CPOC solutions do not permit software-based PIN entry. The security element in these solutions is said to rely on elements such as at-station systems, backend monitoring, software protection systems, and at-station components on COTS devices. So a little bit of an update to PCI for those that are using Apple Pay or Google Pay from your phone. Uh, Microsoft, this is the coming directly from system. Microsoft releases Security Advisor for Windows Hello for business. So Windows Hello is the um, biometrics recognition software. Microsoft has released a Security Advisor to address an issue in Windows Hello for business. Um, an attacker could exploit this issue on devices that were affected by CVE 2017-15361, also known as Return of Coppersmith's attack, to take control of an affected an affected system. Not infected, but affected. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency encourages users and administrators to review Microsoft Security Advisors ADV 190026 and ADV 170012 and apply the recommended mitigation. So using a, a Microsoft mobile device or Surface, Surface Pro, that, or any, any Windows device that uses facial recognition, um, or I'm not sure if thumbprint is also impacted by this, you're going to want to look at that. So that's on the CISA's website, us-cert.gov. All right, on threat posts, two, one cool story and then one, of course, i got to add some HIPAA to this, right? So uh, cool story, HackerOne breach leads to 20,000 bounty reward. Um, HackerOne, pretty cool site. It's uh, blue hat hacking. They pay bounties for, you know, companies like uh, bigger companies like Google and Apple, but also smaller companies will pay bounties for you to attempt to compromise their website or their web application. Um, but HackerOne has paid out 20000 to a bounty hunter who discovered a session cookie issue due to human error on the bug bounty platform. HackerOne has paid out 20000 after a high severity vulnerability was discovered in the bug bounty platform. The flaw allowed an outside bounty hunter to access customers' reports and other sensitive information. Disclosed this week in a HackerOne report, the security incident stemmed from a session cookie that was exposed via human error during an interaction between a HackerOne staff member and a bug bounty hunter under the alias Hacksta4OK00. The session cookie was revoked by HackerOne two hours after it was shared. HackerOne triages incoming reports for HackerOne's own bug bounty program, according to HackerOne's report. On November 24, 2019, a HackerOne security analyst tried to reproduce his submission to HackerOne's program, which failed. The security analyst replied to the hacker accidentally, including one of their own valid session cookies. Session cookies are tried are tied to a particular application, in this case, HackerOne.com, and won't block access when a session cookie gets reused in another location. So um, you can read up the whole story on ThreatPost, and it's probably on HackerOne's website. We participate a little bit in the bug bounty program. Um, when we do use HackerOne, if I had more time, I'd probably do it more, um, but it's pretty cool. They paid out 20000 You know, I, I think I reported on a podcast couple months ago the first millionaire bug bounty um uh blue hack blue hat hacker we, we have a millionaire now and now i believe there are five or six of them and a lot of them hacker one is one of the more popular um sites for that and they'll teach you they'll teach you on the site how to do it so it's pretty cool Anyway, so, and then in the HIPAA news this morning, of course, as always, Nebraska Medicine breached by rogue employee. 
This is also on Threat Post. Nebraska Medicine is warning that a rogue former employee accessed patients' medical records, social security numbers, and more. Hospital Network Nebraska Medicine was has disclosed a data breach after a former employee accessed sensitive patient data, including medical records and social security numbers. The Nebraska Medicine Network encompasses Nebraska's largest hospital, Nebraska Medical Center, as well as other locations in, like Bellevue Medical Center on October 1st. During an audit of its electronic medical record system, Nebraska Medicine discovered that an employee had access patient records outside of the employee's job responsibilities. The employee was terminated the next day. Once Nebraska Medicine became aware, aware of the incident, our staff took action to investigate, prevent further improper access, and to notify affected patients. So good job on uh, following the notification rule, which I'm going to talk about today on my weekly podcast. After further investigation, the company determined that the unauthorized access occurred between July 11th, 2018 and October 1st, 2019, and that employee was able to view some patient's medical records. The information that was viewed may have included patient's demographic information, such as name, address, date of birth, medical record number, social security number, license number, and clinical information, such as physician notes, laboratory results, or imaging data. Nebraska Medicine did not comment on how many patients were affected. Despite stressing that it has no reason to believe the information accessed has been or will be misused, the healthcare provider is offering free credit monitoring for a year for patients whose social security numbers or driver's licenses were accessible. The healthcare industry continues to be battered by security incidents in October. In fact, healthcare data breaches soared 44% month over month, with 661,830 healthcare records being exposed or stolen during the month. Of these incidents, 28 involved unauthorized access or disclosure breaches similar to that of Nebraska Medicine. Um, so this is going to come down to access rights. So why did this person have the the ability to access these records if it wasn't part of their job? So the, there needs to be a better, better job of controlling access and preventing these types of things going forward. It's not one of you know. It's not the shiny new type of compromise like ransomware and data theft and breaches and all that, but it, it is happening. Um, so that it is, it is something that needs to be addressed as well. That's going to do it for this Friday edition of the Daily Cybersecurity. I will talk to you on Monday. Until then, stay secure.